The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Now at five hundreds of thousands of people still in the dark and now no timeline for power restoration. We're about to get a live update from city leaders. Trees and tree limbs blocking roads. A live look at the challenge for homeowners across central Texas. A historic ice storm unlike any other in recent memory and more rain moving into the area in first warning weather. In-depth investigative. This is KXAN News. And thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm Daniel Marine. And I'm Jennifer Sanders in for Britt Moreno. Nearly 150,000 Austin Energy customers still don't have power. And now Austin Energy says it will not meet its original goal to restore power by 6 o'clock tomorrow. Any moment now, we are expecting an update on the weather response from City Hall. Let's send it over to the mayor. The, the residents of Austin uh, is going to be inevitable. Uh, but Austin Energy is in a position where it needs to give uh, people clear and accurate information so that they can uh, plan and proceed accordingly. So that is why we're following up on the uh, press conference we had earlier today and be able to provide additional information and to answer questions that people uh, we know have, uh, people in the public we know have about what's going on. So as, as before, we have here with us uh, the city manager and we have the general manager of Austin Energy and the director of our water department so that technical questions can be asked and you can get answers to those questions. But before we go to them, I want to turn uh, the podium over to the county judge. Andy Brown. Thanks. Um, good afternoon. I'm Travis County Judge Andy Brown. I want to thank you all very much for joining us. I'm joined today with by um, from the county side, Hector Nieto and Chuck Brotherton. I think that's it. Yep. Um, and just want to report that we're making good progress in clearing roads across the county, but there's a ton of work to do. Our crews that have been out today could use your help to speed up the process. And also we're looking at ways to help them speed up the process because as we get reports back from the roads and the streets of the county, it seems like the number of trees down and debris out there is just massive. And so we're looking at declaring a disaster declaration in conjunction with the city of Austin to see if that will help us on the cleanup efforts. Um, you can also report tree limbs or debris blocking county roads to our dispatch at 512 854 9433, or you can email tnr.dispatch at For issues on Austin City Roads or right-of-ways, you can just call 311. Um, I would also like to again warn everyone of just how dangerous the situation is. If you're going out, keep an eye out for falling ice, tree limbs, or power lines in the road. And if you're driving, the road still could be slippery. If you have somewhere to go, please take it slow. And let's all work together to ensure that our energy crews have easy access to high priority areas. As we recover, our community is going to have additional needs. I spent this afternoon at the Central Texas Food Bank, um, who like many people in Austin is without power still. They are getting things up and running again, figuring out ways to do the distribution as best they can right now. And once their power is back, they have 21 counties to serve. They've been down for at least three days now, and so there's a lot of need that they have, so I'd encourage everyone to join me in volunteering with them next week. 
So thank you very much, and um, thank you for working together. Well, again, thank you all for joining us this evening. I'm Spencer Cronk, the Austin City Manager, and just want you to know that, as you know, all weather-related incidents are evolving fluid situations, and every incident is unique in its own way. As city governments, we are sometimes faced with striking a balance between sharing our best estimates and timelines on objectives and spending time to ensure our estimates are exact and precise. But in the real world, as you've seen today, uh, getting that balance right is not always easy. But please know that we do our best to provide those estimates on how things are going, and we do it based on the best information at the time. I want to assure this community that once we have completed the work of restoring power, we will look to the lessons learned and build on our response for future weather-related incidents. But since we last spoke, our staff has continued to work hard on restoring power, sheltering people, and keeping people safe. And we're here to provide updates on all of that. I'm joined, as the mayor said, by Austin Energy General Manager Jackie Sargent and Austin Water Director Shay Ralston. And I'm going to turn it over to Jackie Sargent. Thank you. Thank you, Spencer. Uh, good afternoon. I'm here to provide you with an update on Austin Energy operations. While the weather conditions have greatly improved, Austin Energy has determined we are unable to provide a specific system-wide restoration estimate. We had hoped to make more progress today on restorations, and that simply has not happened. And here's why. The majority of outages from this winter storm are complex, involving heavy construction equipment in areas that are sometimes impassable due to downed trees and branches. Additionally, we are continuing to experience repeated outages, meaning ice, trees, and tree limbs continue to knock out power to the same circuits that crews have just restored. Crews are also being extra careful to avoid sheets of ice, icicles, and tree branches that may sit, snap back as they thaw. As a result, full restoration will take longer than in initially anticipated. We understand that this makes an already challenging situation even more difficult. We, are more, we have more than 100 crews and additional resources headed to our area to assist with restoration efforts. We are grateful for the assistance of our neighboring utilities and others who are providing our much-needed assistance. We appreciate the patience as our, our customers, of our customers as our line workers brave the conditions and work with the rest of our staff to restore power. Also, please be advised that crews will be knocking on doors to gain access to our equipment. AE personnel will be clearly marked and badged, but I ask that you please allow them access as needed to get to the equipment. Elton Richards, my VP of Field Ops, was out in the field today and will now share some of what he saw. Elton? Hey, what's up, folks? Uh, thanks for letting me come here and share what I was out today. I'm Elton Richards. I'm the Vice President of Field Operations uh, for Austin Energy. Uh, visited the crews today just to see if they need anything. And, and what is unique about this, this storm, uh, first of all, I've been doing this over 20-something 20, 20 years, and I haven't seen this much devastation outside of, of tornadoes up north. Uh, the problem is, is the ice and the weight. 
So I know earlier this morning on the the presentation and the, the news, it was talked about vegetation management. I'm, I'm telling you guys, this isn't a veg management issue. The areas that we had actually trimmed, and I think the Spencer and the city council for, for letting my guys get back to that trimming cycle, and we've been doing it for about three years now, even outside the 15 feet above where we cut, and it has cut the standard, the ice that was on those branches caved them on top of. So that was one. Seen that before wasn't a big surprise. We've got trees out there that are 50, 60 feet tall that are coming down on lines, breaking primary cable, communications cable, poles. Uh, you've seen the cars and houses as a damage. Seen that one. So, you know, kind of expected that one. But a third one I've never seen before was one of the jobs I was on today out on Slaughter Lane on the right-hand side of the road was all communication lines. That was it. And one communication pole had a guy anchor, which is that metal anchor uh, uh, wire that comes down and goes into the ground, and it goes across to our pole, and that's what kind of secures their pole. Well, the large tree, it actually fell on the communication wire, pushed that pole over, gave slack on our pole, it leaned over, and so even though it was in a trimmed area, it then pushed it 10 feet into the vegetation. So it's just it's it's just horrendous out there, and I just really appreciate my guys. And I can tell you, uh, we had multiple people coming by, and I really appreciate the Austin Energy uh, customers that told my guys thanks for what they were doing. They've been working around the clock, as Jackie said. We brought in multiple crews. Thank you, New Brunsfield, uh, Centerpoint Energy, CPS is sending crews tomorrow, and Bird Electric, and and we're really working hard to get the service restored for the customers of Austin Energy. So thank you. Good afternoon. I'm Shay Rolson, Director of Austin Water, and I'm here to provide you a system update for our water system. So, um, some good news. Our treatment plants have been operating normally throughout this cold weather, and there is plenty of water in the distribution system. Um, unlike winter storm Uri, water demands have been in normal ranges and we just have not seen the kind of breaks on the private side and the public side that we saw during URI. So overall water storage levels are healthy in the distribution system. So we have several dozen pump stations that we use to move water around our system so that the water gets to where the customers need it. And that's what provides water pressure in our system. And our crews have been working 24-7 uh, since this event began to keep those pump stations operational. Um, and we've worked closely with Austin Energy to prioritize repairs and restoration of power uh, when power has gone out at those pump stations. And we have had many uh, power outages and we've had pump stations go out of power and come back in and go out again. Um, it's been a very dynamic situation. Um, you know, just in the space of a few hours, we might have one pump station out of power in our system, and then none, and then three. So uh, our crews continue to uh, move around our distribution system, restoring power, staying on site, making sure that, that everything is operating. Earlier today, we were concerned about water storage in southwest Austin, but we've regained power to the Davis Lane pump station thanks to truly heroic efforts on the part of Austin Energy, and we're replenishing storage levels there. So intermittent power outages are still happening around town, and we continue to monitor our system closely, but we do not anticipate the need 
to issue any kind of citywide uh, water outage or boil water notice. Um, the uh, we have had power outages that have affected our ability to serve water in small pockets of our system. There's two small pockets um, where we were unable to maintain water storage levels, and we are uh, working directly with those uh, customers. It's about uh, just shy of 40 customers. So we're working directly with them, um, delivering water to them, and uh, once we restore water service, um, they will have to boil it until we're able to clear it, and then we will do that. So. Um, overall, I just want to um, just give uh, gratitude and thanks to the Austin Water crews who have been uh, working 24-7, um, who have been collaborating so closely with Austin Energy. And thank you to our customers uh, for your patience, for reaching out to us. As you get back to normal tomorrow when it's sunny and, and warm, um, we ask that you consider conserving water as we make our way back to normal operations throughout our distribution system. If the less water you use, the less the tanks draw down. That just gives us more time when we have a power outage to uh, restore uh, a pump station operation and keep our storage levels healthy in the system. So together, um, we will um, get through this successfully. Thank you. Yes, a lot of people are very frustrated with the way that they feel, you know, the city has handled this response. What's being done to prevent this from happening in the future? Concerned with that. Okay. Well, thank you. You know, with every response, we look at how we can do things better uh, in the future, and every response is unique. And so we took the lessons learned that we had from Winter Storm Uri, uh, from previous water boil notices, um, and applied them to this situation. But this situation was unique, and so it had its own unique set of challenges. Uh, we know that we'll be doing the same after action reports and ensuring that we're getting as much information as we can in the, in the manner that our community can expect that uh, to do that. So I'll see if uh, Austin Energy wants to add anything, but certainly we always are learning from these experiences so we can do better in the future. Can you go into detail about those lessons learned specifically? Or Sure. So I think part of it is trying to communicate what we can in real time. And so the purpose of this press conference is also a recognition that we told you something earlier today, and we know that the situation has changed based on what we're seeing on the ground, and we wanted to get in front of our community uh, so you can be making decisions based on that more accurate information. Let me mention something from the mayor's perspective, and that is that uh, we Austin, the Austin City Council has a uh, an oversight committee for Austin Energy, and that is chaired by. Uh, Chair Leslie Poole, who's a council member on the Austin City Council. Uh, you should anticipate that as early as next Tuesday, uh, we will have at a work session, we have a scheduled work session next Tuesday, we will have an opportunity then to begin the process of looking at it from the standpoint of the mayor and council. Uh, what that what I anticipate will happen on that Tuesday was is we will get a report on the status of everything from uh, Austin Energy to water to resource recovery, all of those all of the different things in, uh, that that we're having to deal with and we're reporting on here. 
that will be the first step toward a, a full meeting of the oversight committee. And by the way, when I say oversight committee, it is a committee of the whole council. So everybody is on this. Uh, that meeting, the first meeting uh, of that committee is the February 21st. That is in conjunction with um, uh, one of our other work sessions, another work session we have scheduled. And so questions will begin. Obviously, they're already beginning. But right now, we know we have people that can answer those questions that are busy doing other things in the field. That being said, Tuesday, we'll start that process. And then we will have a more uh, in-depth meeting on February 21st because we need to have questions answered, uh, including uh, how we communicate with the public, how we make sure the public knows what's going on, and how uh, we prevent this sort of incident in the future. Okay, I have a water question and a power question. Um, I'll start with power. How, what's the average time it takes per fix on a line right now, given everything? Well, it's really a challenging uh, question to answer, and the reason for that is because of the complexity of the situation and the obstacles and things that our crews are running into. So uh, there is no average restoration time that we can give you at this time. Can you, is, is it taking up to six hours at some point? Is there any kind of range we can get with that? You know, I'm going to let Elton answer that question because he's um, in charge of the field ops. Elton? Yes, ma'am. The, the problem with trying to give a, an average time is it, there's, there's no average. And what, what I mean by that is if you take a circuit which goes from a substation through multiple subdivisions to another substation potentially, let's say you got 3,000 customers on there. It could be as simple as a, 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 just a limb laying on the line. If it is, then the crew goes out, 30 minutes to set up, an hour to trim it, 30 minutes to make sure they're clear, and it's done. So a two-hour job. Now take that same job with that same line, add a fully grown tree that goes into primary, breaks two poles and drops about 70 to 100 foot of primary. Now you're into eight to 10 hour restoration. Then some of them are even more complex than that. And that's really what we're running into this one. Like I said, I've only been here three years, but even in Storm Uri, most of the damage was consolidated in one area when you talk about the circuit, that line. Here, the reason we're, we're getting pounded is because there's like three different situations. So what would normally be a four-hour repair on a line is now taking 12 hours because they're having to go to three different ones. Now, I'll tell you, one thing that we're really good about is adapting. And what we've, we've done in the past is we send a veg crew out, we do a patrol on it, they trim it, and then the crews come in to do the repair. What we've adjusted on based upon the damage this time is we're actually signing the vegetation management crews with the construction crew and the repair crew so they're all traveling at the same time. And we did the same thing with the contractors. So I think what you're going to see in the next 24 hours is a massive decline in the customer count and also the lines repairs, if that, if that helps. Say again. With the temperature increase today, today has probably been the best day that we've only seen ice dropping down. Uh, before, what was happening is some of the crews would actually close in, re-energize the line, look down and see another limb fall from about 30 feet above, arc flash, and then open it back up again. So the, the rain that we had yesterday with the above temperatures was actually a godsend for us. And then for Austin Water, you mentioned... Um 
currently, right now, there's about 40 customers without water. Is that correct? Do we anticipate that number rising? What factors can contribute to that? We don't anticipate that number rising. Those are in small pockets um, that we have to that have s small systems pumping into them, and so it's it's very specific to those to those particular areas of our system. What would happen if people don't conserve tomorrow? Well, I think we are producing uh, plenty of water and we are keeping our tanks full. So um, the the benefit of conservation is to just give us uh, a little bit more flexibility to be um, able to be to respond to this evolving situation. Um, I know there have been warming shelters for people who are without power the last couple of days, but is there any sort of long-term plan set in place for families who are going to be out of power for potentially up to like five or six days? Yeah, well, certainly we work with our nonprofit providers and other resources, uh, but led by public health uh, through our emergency operations center to provide those types of services. Again, I'll just ask the community to know, you know, if you do need a place to stay tonight, uh, you can either go to One Texas Center and we will be transporting you to our uh, cold weather shelters. We have not turned anyone away uh, during this entire operation and we will keep those open as long as they're needed. Uh, we are also going to be opening up uh, full operations of our city tomorrow and so our libraries our rec centers uh, when where they're available to be open they will be open as warming centers for our public tomorrow uh, this is for Austin Energy uh, we've heard from some residents who say they have tree limbs on power lines and they say that's a fire hazard and no one has been able to come out to look at that what is the prioritization looking like for those with that situation and then also those with no power so if a, a limb is currently right on a line and there's no arcing that is going on um, the and with the moisture that we've had um, and the moisture on the um, tree limbs, uh, I would say that there's less of a fire impact. Now, if people were to see arcing and that sort of thing, um, we would want them to, uh, to report that. They certainly can uh, use uh, our resources and uh, let us know, make sure that we're aware uh, of that situation. Um, but if there's not currently a power outage, um, we're going to focus on trying to get uh, power restored. Yeah. Um, for also for Austin Energy, do you have any backlog of tree trimming and maintenance? And will there be any policies and practices around that? So I'm going to let. Um, Elton uh, answer that question because uh, vegetation management falls under his purview. Um, but I will say that we always do an after action uh, review when we have incidents, especially of this magnitude. And we will be looking at our policies and seeing if there are adjustments um, that we need to, to make and we'll be working with our, our stakeholders and our governing board to implement those. Um, is there something you want to add, Elton? Yeah. So, again, with transparency, is there a backlog? Absolutely there is, and I'll tell you why. Uh, prior to me arriving here, the city council at that time had restricted the trimming on the trees down to an unsustainable manner. Uh, the CEO that came in, Charles Dickerson, presented to the council to get it back to the industry standard, which we are now doing between fast growth and slow growth. We increased our budget by twice. Oh, two years ago, and since that time, we have been just going 
just just pounding on the vegetation. It's probably going to take another three years to get the whole city back on a normal cycle. But our concentration was we prioritized which ones had the wildfire locations, worked with the council members in those areas. Then we also looked at ones which had the most outages that it occurred. And then we worked with the council member in those areas. So that's what we concentrated on was those two areas. That's our highest return for the time that we had. So that's where we're at. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Just within the past six months, Austin Energy customers have seen... All right, we're going to continue to monitor this news conference on KXAN.com. But some of the key takeaways, some of the updates, Travis County looking to issue a disaster declaration in conjunction with the city of Austin over this situation. Also, Austin Energy still says it's unable to provide an estimate for when all the power is going to come back on due to the complexity of a lot of these outages. Yeah, and let's get to some of those complexities. The areas are really impassable, so it's hard for crews to navigate. The good news is for people at home, there are 100 additional crews coming to our area to help. And the problem also is the ice and the weight. One of the city officials there said, along with the trees falling on communication wires, it's really causing a domino effect. So it's making it really troubling for those crews. Let's get to Austin Water right now. Water storage levels are healthy and they do have some outages at pump stations, but only about 40 customers are being impacted at this time. They're getting water delivered to their home. City Council will be delving into this Tuesday. We'll of course be tracking that as well. And along with being in the dark, many people are also dealing with those trees that smashed into their homes or are blocking roads. Let's get straight to KXAN's Thahir Rahman joining us live from downtown Austin. So what is the cleanup looking like in that area? Well, Jennifer and Daniel, it's still a work in progress with a long wait to go. You can see scenes like this across town, which is a normal neighborhood road except for this fallen trees and tree branches, in some cases making roads completely impassable. Now the city of Austin says they've gotten hundreds of calls already to clean up messes like this, way more they say than they did in February of 2021 after the winter storm. And they say the number today may even be higher than they know about since there are so many reports that haven't even come in yet. The ice is thawing. And the cleanup is ramping up with the temperature. I've never seen anything like this. Nick Strimbu is on his third pass over his yard. So we cleared all this out yesterday and after a tree branch fell through his roof and into his kitchen. A few more branches fell, had to clean it all up again, finally pulled it out of our roof and patched it. The work hasn't stopped since. Came back this morning, it's pretty much devastation. <laughs> it's bad. Just down Strimbu Street in the Anderson Mill area, more fallen limbs and even whole trees completely blocking roads. That's where Austin Public Works comes in. We're continuing to receive calls on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute, um, hour-by-hour basis. Reiner Hershaw says if you swerve around debris on a public road or find yourself having to reroute because of it, you can call it into 311. We prioritize those based first and foremost on emergency status making sure that we're getting out there to the obstructions that are going to cause the greatest 
potential harm. He says they've got more than 100 staff working on more than 800 requests so far. We think that this will be a multi-day, possibly um, big long process. As for his property, well, Strimbu says he'll be breaking through the ice on his own. Put the boots back on and get back to it. I mean, what else can you do? Now, Public Works will only pick up these kinds of messes if they're in the public right-of-way. That means roads, sidewalks, urban trails. But Austin Resource Recovery will help you get rid of your debris if you bring it to the curb and then call 311. Jennifer, Daniel. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, I'll take it from here as we clean up from this historic ice storm and hundreds of thousands of Central Texans are still in the dark and the cold as night falls. It is very important to remember some safety tips to stay warm. Check this out. If you are keeping warm at home with a space heater or with candles, maybe those to help you see at the very least, please keep them clear of any curtains, any objects whatsoever. This is a common cause of house fires and those can be deadly overnight. Properly ventilate your generators. If you are having one, make sure that the exhaust is ventilated properly to the outside. If not, that can lead to carbon monoxide poisoning. Never run a car in a closed garage. This may seem like common knowledge, but we had some folks doing that, unfortunately, two years ago in February 2021 to get a quick shot of the heater to charge their phone. If you do that, make sure the garage is open or make sure that your car is completely outside. You also do not want to use your gas stove for heat, even though it can provide a little warmth. It also affects the indoor air quality in a really negative way, and you do want to go somewhere warm if possible. Family, friends, if you're lucky enough to have those options, go now. The roads are clear, and if you're without power, there's really no reason not to. Uh, also, one Barton Springs is open right now. F uh, information on the warming center, which is open to everybody. You have to register for a spot, though, between 6 and 8 p.m. That is on KXAN.com. You can find it there. Okay, don't be alarmed. We have some rain moving in, but it's just that liquid rain. We haven't seen anything but ice from our Austonian weather cam since Monday afternoon. Here it is Thursday evening. That thankfully melted as temperatures reached 40 degrees. This concluded a 66-hour stretch at or below freezing. We rose above freezing at 4 a.m. today. Just a little bit of light liquid rain shown by the green color moving into Austin. Some steadier moderate downpours along 281. This is moving into the Austin area over the next couple of hours, but don't worry. Temperatures are above freezing. It is a cold rain in the upper 30s, 37 in Austin, 36 in Georgetown, but nobody is going to see any additional icing from this precipitation, which is really the last that we've got from this system. Temperatures, they have warmed significantly, 5 to 10 degrees over the last 24 hours and get ready for a big change in the weather tomorrow. We're drying out overnight as a completely clear sky returns. It will be freezing cold, but I'm not expecting refreezing on the roads. Things should be drying out by then. It's mainly just your patio steps. You'll need to be careful there in the morning. Look at this. What a welcome sight. Warmer temperatures tomorrow as the sun shines all day. Temperatures looks like a little bit of a heat wave, but still kind of cool. 53 degrees tomorrow afternoon, hopefully helping crews in their recovery efforts. The weekend, what a dramatic weather whiplash. We're in the 60s after another cold start on Saturday. 70 degrees sunshine on Sunday and no more winter storms nor ice threats in your seven day forecast. After a gorgeous outdoor kind of weekend next week, a good chance of some thunderstorms but no cold air. Off to New York for NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. We're back here at 6. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. 
You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.